Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. And today I'd like to talk about a question I get a lot, which is really how do we decide what is the best opportunity or initiative to take or prioritise? Whether we're trying to make an impact at work, uh, making sure we're working on the right things, prioritising the right things for, from a career perspective, outside our careers. And if we look at the workplace in particular, Gallup recently reported that 69% of employees are not engaged in their work. So I find that quite confusing just from my perspective because with all the, the change uh, that uh, technology and the new tools and, and even the focus on more opportunities, for, for example, within finance itself, I still can't quite figure out why we would be disengaged when there's all this opportunity there. So part of me feels that we're not making the, the best use of this diversity or maybe not maybe picking the right opportunities that are in front of us that will help us become more engaged. And maybe it is changed and that's not really the topic of this conversation as human beings some of us may prefer change more than others because when we're put into positions of change you know, forces us to think and work harder and there might be a bit of flight or fight response going on. But anyway, if we were to focus on opportunities and picking the right opportunities and prioritising those, what would be some good steps and where to start? And based on a lot of the feedback we get from our guest mentors on the show, I think the first thing that a lot of them would say is, is, to, is, is know what you want. But the starting point of a journey of picking the right opportunity, having a great career, having a great life outside of our careers as well, is one that reflects a discussion of priorities. It's what are your core decision-making criteria, what's most important to you on that journey, whether it be career, outside of it, and again that disengaged statistic keeps coming back to my mind. I think there's a problem here in that what we think matters most in our jobs often doesn't really align uh, with what will really make us satisfied or happy and for some of us we don't even realize that gap or that problem until it's too late so in terms of figuring out what it is that we really want I try and break that down to three areas the first one in mind is mostly about control and, and how much autonomy we have to get something done. That's generally the first one. The second one is the ability to enhance or display our mastery. And then when people are typically doing that, we find ourselves in a state where time flies by, but we still enjoy or get great satisfaction from being in the moment. And the third element of that is, is having a worthy cause to follow a purpose something we identify with. It never ceases to impress me, all those volunteers out there who put in efforts behind community initiatives like Live Aid or Wikipedia without any pay and deliver really great results and are really engaged in it. So in our careers, we really need to, as a first step, understand why we do what we do and how many of us have actually asked that question lately why do I still want a career doing the things I'm doing? Why do I want a career in finance? Why do I want to be a, a family person? Or why do I want to support that team or do this or do that? 
I think it's important to ask that question, that why question. Why do we want that? Yeah. And the second piece is once we know what we want and why we want, it's to execute against it. I always say what gets measured gets managed. And to do that, you need to perform some sort of outcomes benefits analysis. Understand what it is that people value. And we've just talked about this previously on the Monday Memo. Uh, there's a value ladder in finance where value is crafted, whether that be the collection of information or data points, the reporting of it, analysis of it, and then you've got the following, so the monitoring of it, then translating what you're finding into insights that are actionable for the business, and then evolving those insights with the business, with our stakeholders, and deploying them, which is the ultimate level of value you can offer them. And the value comes on a various different spectrum. Those benefits, those outcomes, is on a spectrum. Some are hard. You can distill them to physical cash flows, net present value calculations. Some of them are impacts to the P&L, and some of them are just a bit more intangible in terms of improving customer satisfaction or simply the right thing to do to have a sustainable organisation that's a going concern. And I explored those more in, in a recent episode, uh, number 303, whether a hard benefit is better than a soft one. And the reason why I say to measure it, it is the only way a strategy can get implemented is if you dedicate resources to it. Good intentions about what you want to do is not enough. When you're implementing strategy, you have to spend your time in it, your effort, uh, your resources or resourcefulness where resources may seem to be lacking and has to be consistent with your intentions in step one. Hence why it's important to report and monitor on progress towards the the delivering the value that you want from it as well as your stakeholders. And then the third one is, is, yes, it's great having this deliberate path to follow, but it's actually also being open to emerging opportunities on the what and how to, to get there. As Henry Mintzberg taught, you know, there's two options for our strategy. The first one is anticipated opportunities, which is really the first two steps, those that you can see and choose to pursue. That's why I love the story of how Honda cracked the United States motorcycle market they had a deliberate strategy on the big bikes taking on the harley davidsons and so on but a sort of shortage of resources but also understanding what it is people really wanted allowed them to pivot to the smaller trail or scrambler type bikes and build the resources then to go and compete on the larger bikes ultimately but they moved from a deliberate strategy to one that was unanticipated and emerging strategy and they that usually comes from again if you're on that path you'll come across a cocktail of problems or opportunities that emerge and and once you're on that sort of path of a deliberate strategy and so on you'll come across a cocktail of problems and opportunities that emerges you know it could be that you used to be providing a report on a monthly basis and in discussing with shareholders or stakeholders or management they want a particular bit of analysis over what do the numbers actually mean or a comparison of a particular area within that report a product line a business unit so now you've realized that actually maybe the right path isn't reporting it could be analysis because that's the one that provides value and guess what I'm actually enjoying 
doing some analysis and the additional exposure that brings me in those conversations with decision makers. And I find, again, the difficulty of a lot of people going on those three steps is actually knowing where to start or, or how to formulate or what to put in. And no one knows all the answers straight away, but the more we share our career journeys, and that's why we bring guest mentors onto the strength in the numbers, is to share with you their hard-won lessons, what they've done, how they've gone through these steps, how they've been deliberate about their career and approach to career and activities outside their careers, but also how they seize the emergent uh, problems and seize those opportunities to go and make an impact and build influence. So it gives you those ideas to populate into your own strategies, your own plans. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow in their footsteps, but it's a really great way to at least take some of the pressure off is where do you begin, where do you start, and how did other people do it, how did they get on. And the great thing is a lot of these people, these mentors are open to being reached out to and having a conversation with them and sharing with you what it is they actually did and, and giving some really good advice, better than what I can give on this Monday memo. Because I've only got my perspective, there's plenty more perspectives that matter out there on how you can make better decisions around which opportunities to seize. So look, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please remember to share it with your friends, colleagues. You can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And as always, we really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So until next time, take care of yourselves, and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.